entertain you on a giant screen with a few colorful motion pictures you've been hearing about and reading it's about. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. We're delighted to have you with us. They're driving theater. You'll find something to please you to add to your evening's enjoyment. It's pleased to bring you our Fifi feature presentation. Station. Good evening, everybody. What's going on? It is not Monday night. It is Tuesday night. It is, uh, it is, is it's, it's a rare Tuesday because yesterday, um, I had, I was, uh, I was busy kicking ass in an eggnog competition of which I won and took the trophy. But you're tuned into the Drive In Speaker Box podcast. I'm your host, Bo, the Boom Operator. I'm Slick Doggy the Grip. And we're going to be talking to you guys about movies tonight, uh, as we do. We both went and saw some films. Uh, we both went and saw The Boy and the Heron, yep. which we're going to be talking about with you tonight. I caught up with the Onyx, the Fortuitous, and the Talisman of Souls, uh, which I'm going to talk to you about tonight, uh, which is currently on uh, Amazon Prime. Yeah, now that I know that it's there, I'm going to have to watch it because I missed it. It was a one-day-only showing. Yeah, It was, it like was a- on like a Thursday yep. around Halloween, and I don't know that anyone here got it. We did. We, we did. got it. At, it was a Fathom event at our Malco. Yeah, and probably had one or two showings only because yeah. it was a one-day Thursday showing. It was a one-day. Um, but it did have Jeffrey Combs, and we are going to talk about that. So, um, Also, uh, yeah, that was, it was a week in news. We'll, we'll catch up with, with, with that. And uh, yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna spend this weird like the the chat's kind of quiet this week because it's not our normally scheduled Monday night eight o'clock time. So um, you know we'll see if some people file into the chat and and, and converse with us through tonight's episode. But if you do want to get into the chat, uh, you can always follow us on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. We do really like the Twitch. It's it's fun. It's got neat tools. It's a lot more interactive. Uh, but another head. Heads up, next Monday, I will also not be available. Uh, I've got an, uh, a lot. It's holiday party season, and we're the, like, I own a, a local bar here in town that's all holiday-themed, so we get lots of requests for events, and, I mean, we had three groups come in tonight, even. Like, it's just mm. been crazy, and then, uh, but anyway, next week's show might end up on a Tuesday as well. And so the week after that, Monday is Christmas. Is Christmas. So and the we week just, after that, Monday is New Year. Yeah, so it's just going to be a lot of a lot of weird scheduling. This year is a lot of Monday and Monday holidays. So bear with us as we navigate this holiday calendar. Um, but yeah, let's navigate some news, man. You got it? Did you got anything you wanted to you wanted to talk about? Oh yeah, man. Uh, well. Uh, where do I start? It's it's Tuesday. It's weird. I don't it's know weird, how to know. go about doing this. Uh, one thing coming up here in the next week, um, Rebel Moon, always in the news every every couple of days. Uh, Netflix has moved it up. It's releasing early by one day. Uh, and now instead of the 22nd, it will be released on 21st at 7 Pacific time. So that'll be nine uh central uh for for most of us that uh participate in this show uh i believe or at least where we live um so if you want to see rebel moon uh get the first part of what is now a three-part uh movie uh and uh, an additional tv series uh, so if you want to get on that one it debuts on the 21st now uh also uh some movies that uh, were going to end up on streaming services. The Bike Riders, something I talked about a couple weeks back, which is like a 1960s motorcycle club in Chicago with, um, what's his name? Uh, Austin Butler has Tom Hardy. Mm-hmm. Norman Reedus is in it because it's uh, people on motorcycles, so he's bound to be in there. Uh, Reeves will probably make a, a cameo being motorcycle dude. But uh, that movie has been sold by Disney to Focus Entertainment, who will now distribute it instead of Christmas this year, which it was originally supposed to release. Um, but the uh, writer's strike happened, or the uh, SAG-AFTRA strike yeah. happened. Uh, so now it's with Focus Entertainment that's releasing it June of next year. 
and everything I was reading says that they think that that's probably the best thing that could have happened for this movie because Disney clearly wasn't going to advertise this thing since mm-hmm. there had been no word of it before the strike. Oh, yeah. Um, but now it gives them a chance to advertise it, gives the stars of the movie a chance to go on press junkets and talk about it since no one was allowed to talk about their series or their debuts that were coming out. And if they did, everyone flamed them on the internet. They're like, how dare you promote Can't this thing you worked you. on a yeah. year ago? How dare you promote this thing that's finally in release period uh, that you you wrapped like six to eight months ago or longer? Um, so how dare you? It might actually be something that people watch, but it went from being something that was probably going to be shunted to streaming by Disney mm-hmm. to a theatrical release which by is cool. Focus, which, which is, is cool. cool. Yeah. Uh, so good for it. Um, and then uh, there was some uh, DC stuff, you know, because now get the Disney stuff out of the way. Talk about uh, DC, Warner Brothers and the DC. Uh, apparently, people hate James Gunn on the Internet just a little bit again. Oh, no. Uh, what, what now? But not because of anything he said this time. Uh, it's because of more um, uh, uh, nepotism. You know, uh, he's already gotten in trouble for his wife being cast in um, series and movies and stuff like that. Hey, thanks for the critical. Um, but this time uh, he's cast Sean Gunn once again because Sean Gunn is in everything that James Gunn does. Uh, he's been cast as Max Lord in the new DCU because they just can't pack enough characters into Superman Legacy. They got to add one more just 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 squeeze it in there just squeeze and, it in and there. the reason people are upset is because it's not pedro pascal here's the thing pedro pascal was a very weird choice for for maxwell lord right like it was super strange that they cast pedro pascal sean gunn will probably be more like max lord uh and it's going to be a totally different character he's not going to be like this TV personality sleazy businessman because I don't know what the hell that was um, trying to be part of that 1984 theme that they had or whatever Good. 80, was it 84 85 it was 84 I believe 84 like everything um, but the uh, they're, they're going to have him be more like Max Lord probably yeah uh, which will be cool uh, and from the character listings and knowing now that Max Lord is in this DC universe that they're rebooting I wonder if they're going to have his uh, fake Justice League or whatever that he made or like his like offshoot Justice League when he was trying to pretend like he was like a good dude or whatever. Yeah. Because you have Metamorpho and Lex Luthor and Max Lord and Superman and Green Lantern. Uh, There's going to be probably a Wonder Woman of sorts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. we're going to have a, a Batman of some kind. Uh, I think uh, there's a handful of other Speaking like just Batman. Did you see the crap? Like it was on Amazon Prime. Just, just came out. It's like a Batman Christmas. It's like an animated thing. And I started watching like five minutes of it. And my, my stomach turned so hard. It was like Luke Wilson uh, voicing Batman and like a little Damian Wayne. He's running around like dressed as Batman and they're like getting Christmas presents. And he's like, I love you, son. You're my favorite. And it's like, what, what? the, f- it's so weird. I couldn't, what I, is this? It's called like a bat, a Batman Christmas. Uh, here, hang on. Batman Christmas, Amazon prime. Um, a merry little Batman. And it was so weird. I, I just, I, I could barely, here, here's like the trailer. You can see it here in the, um, uh, oh, oh man, here, well, let me, let me get some volume for you. As Batman continues to clean it up. It's like super happy. Dad, I'm ready to be a superhero like you. Woo-hoo! Yeah, already I hate Merry it. Merry Christmas, kiddo. That's Bruce Wayne. <gasps> My own utility belt. Which should only be used in case of a bat emergency. Oh, come on, Dad, I'm not That's a Damien? Hey, That's Damien. I never Damien. said you were a baby. But and that's a Bruce Damien's Wayne's voice. Like an evil assassin. Yeah, Sorry, and Damien. Bruce Wayne is go. Bruce Should Wayne. I assume we did not see the Bat Razor. I like it. Totally ups my intimidation game. I mean, Batman game. with a beard is you cool. You have donut crumbs yeah. in your intimidation game, sir. <laughs> that's not cool. That's Luke Wilson. He might as well have just been like, wow, and been like Owen. Yeah. 
worst dad ever. Huh. Well, I guess that's a thing. I mean, I mean, yeah, anyway. That's a thing. And the villains are there to steal Christmas. Okay, yeah. Cool. Well. Yeah. So I tried to watch this the other night, and I just, I, I couldn't. I just couldn't do it. Um, it was, it was too weird. It's too weird. So yeah, there's that. Okay. Well. Hmm. More DC. Why does the uh, kindergartner have thick butt? In this trailer, why did the suit snap to a juicy booty on a child? That's weird, and I don't think that anyone like what was the animator feeling? This this right here, yeah, this this, like Van Boink. What is that about? (laughs) Weird. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. So uh, DC just a super weird. Hey, you know what though? Uh, something totally different now. Um, you're one of your favorite actors in a movie that's coming out very soon, Jason Statham. Okay, yeah, okay. And, I like uh, Jason Statham. I wouldn't say he's one of my favorite actors, but I do like Jason Statham. So the Beekeeper movie, he's going around and he's already talking. He wants a sequel. So he's hoping it does well because he doesn't want it to be one last job. He wants it to be one more job. Two more jobs. Yeah. Uh, the trailer for The Beekeeper actually looks pretty sick. Like I probably really want to watch this movie uh, because it looks like a lot of fun. Well, I mean, it's just an action movie with a dude that's better than everyone else taking out bad dudes. Keeping bees. Uh, I just these sequels that are like getting greenlit before, like you know the Twisted Metal series already greenlit for a season two, and I forgot I didn't even realize that thing was out yet. Remember we were talking about it like, oh, they're making a Twisted Metal, and then it's like season two's been greenlit, and I'm like, what? Wait, well, that's what? what I'm saying about Rebel Moon. It went from being uh, a movie to a two part movie. Now they've greenlit the third movie in the in that already, and there's a TV series, but the first movie doesn't come out until next week. Uh, but there's already three movies in a series, uh, which is which is wild. Uh, I was looking in the comments. Uh, someone said that Polly Shore should be Plastic Man. Velvet Santa said that Polly Shore should be Plastic Man. He'd be a good one. Maybe, yeah, because he's he'd be like, "What's up, buddy?" and like just be weird, Plastic Man. But at the same time, I, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think he's like fast enough, like in the, in his jokes and speech but anyway um keeper what else what else you got oh uh talking about uh, unnecessary sequels uh eli roth was talking to uh cinepop and in that he said that he really wants to make another hostile movie and It was something like, I think he said uh, a uh, another like Cabin in the Woods or, or something like that. But the main thing was he said that he really wants to revisit Hostel. And he thinks that if it was done right, uh, that there might still be that interest in Hostel. Uh, the rest of that article I was reading was talking about how Hostel debuted at the height of, of torture porn uh, movies, which I worked at the movie theater at the time that Hostel was in there. And I, w- I had to do the film checks as the projectionist. I hated going into the hostel movie because every time I'd walk in, like someone was having their dick cut off with like um, hedge clippers. Like, yeah, like um, like yeah, like rose shears and stuff like that. Or like someone was having like just something stuck in them in some way, and and these dudes were like, "Yeah, this is sick," and that person's just dying and bleeding everywhere. And like, it's so cool that what people, a good movie. Yeah, it's so cool that people travel to Europe so that we can just murder them in in the most messed up ways we could. There's definitely some girl that gets her toes clipped off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I hate everything about that. Um, and the, it, it did point out that a lot of people have moved away from this kind of thing, but with Saw still being successful. In fact, uh, like Saw Ten was one of the most successful of the series. They're like, well, maybe there is room for this kind of thing again. So Eli Roth coming off of uh, his uh, announcement of uh, Black Phone, uh, getting its sequel and and whatever else it is that he's doing, uh, Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, Thanksgiving. Yeah, Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. get it, getting its sequel. He's like, I really want to do uh, Hostel 
again. So get ready for Hostel 5, 6. It's somewhere <sighs> 4 more, and up. More. Yeah, because they made a bunch of them. Uh, so that's something out there for horror fans. But then, uh, not to spoil the, uh, the the top movies here at the end of the show, but uh, Wonka debuted overseas. Mm-hmm. It got over $43 million. It's a pretty good opening. Which is pretty good across the world. It's number one globally. It was in 37 markets. It was number one in 32 of those 37 markets. Um, we get it this weekend. And uh, it, so it's projected to be pretty good or pretty big opening because it's a PG. And it doesn't have a whole lot of like tight titans around it. I mean, you know, we'll talk about the box office later, but I mean, this release date, it's a it's holiday date. It doesn't have a whole lot of competition for yeah. average moviegoers. It's probably set up to make a lot of money. Yeah. And apparently it made, uh, it had $11.1 million in the UK, which is the second largest movie opening after only Barbie. Wow. Yeah. That's so crazy. if it stays as big as it is around the rest of the world, uh, it'll be uh, the big movie this weekend. Uh, but movies that are already out, uh, Godzilla Minus One has made itself the highest grossing live action Japanese movie to ever be released in North American cinemas. Noise. Which is pretty cool. Uh, it's made, as of the, writing this yesterday, uh, twenty five over $25 million, which isn't a lot of money for a movie. But it is a lot of money for Japanese live action in the U.S. And yeah. again, its listed budget was $15 million. But in the Discord, one of our viewers, uh, Dina, um, you know, who is like the movie numbers like person. Uh, what's that thing that she always kicked ass at? Oh, yeah. It was the, like a movie stock thing. Yeah, the movie. The movie, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she said that it was actually less than $15 million. But Toho felt bad about saying how cheap they actually did it since one man basically did. So uh, it was the like the writer, the, the director, writer, the director, effects lead special effects guy. Now, yeah. this is a problem because a lot of a lot of Hollywood executives are talking about like, well, maybe we don't need to be paying all these people now. If this one guy can do this, then, you know, it's like, hey, yeah, hang on a second. Like he, it's something that he cared about. Like, yeah. You know, it's Godzilla. It's something he really cared about and all that. But. At the same time, yeah, uh, it's made so much money for and these people. And it's good. And it's so good. And you, I watch it. You would never think that it was made on $15 million because it looks better than movies uh, that have $350 million budget. <coughs> Marvels. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so go Godzilla. Um, and like then, these Marvel movies are like the... What's the the Halliburton of Hollywood? It's just, you know, $500 for a stapler and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah, the traveling to locations for no reason, just to spend money. Have them, yeah. Uh, and then the other one, uh, the one that we're going to talk about here in a little bit, Boy and the Heron. It is uh, spoiler for the end, the top grossing of the weekend, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is that's the, a new thing for Miyazaki. Never, yeah. never had an American release be hit number one at the box office, and it's also the largest grossing uh, opening day for any Miyazaki or Ghibli movie. For any mm-hmm. Ghibli movie, it got five point four which beat out The Wind Rises, which had 5.2. So that's pretty cool uh, on, on its part there. It's made $84 million across the world. Uh, 56 of that it was in Japan, which is a big oh, yeah. Japanese big. movie uh, opening. Because in Japan, movies cost like twice what they do here. You think movie tickets are expensive here, like the $15 that they are now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're at least double that in, in Japan. Because uh, I remember when we had movies at 10 bucks. Uh, they were like 25 over there. So uh, both of those movies are killing it at the box office right now, which is uh, something that's good to see here in North America, especially. So Yeah. Um, oh, that reminded me of something that I was going to say. Uh, speaking of Miyazaki, speaking of, you know, budgets and all this kind of things, have you read about the... Uh, the guy that they've got to direct the the new Legend of Zelda movie that everybody's talking about. This is going to be live action, by the way, and uh, it's directed by Wes Ball, who I don't know how this guy managed to land it, but he went on record saying that he wants this live action Legend of Zelda to feel like a live action Miyazaki film. And I'm no. like, bro, you can't. You 
you're not. You're not going to do this. And and even putting that idea in my mind is going to make me disappointed in your film. Also, your real food will never look as good as Ghibli food. No, Ghibli food always looks so damn good. Like, whatever's cooking in them pots, just like, get it to my table. It looks, Mm. it always looks so, and it's just like water. It's like hot water that I just want. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, like in The Boy and the Heron, there was just bread and butter. And I was like, oh, that jammy bread. It looks so good. Yeah. Mm. But yeah. Kevin Hart's tingle. (laughs) Oh, my God. Tingle, tingle. Kulu Limpa. What? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I I, I mean, for those of you that don't know Wes Ball, um, he has not really done anything in terms of directing. He has directed uh, the Maze Runner series, Maze Runner, Maze Runner 2, The Scorch Trials, and then The Death Cure, and then Hmm. that's it, and then he's like the director on Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, which is just coming out here pretty soon, and now working on Legend of Zelda. It's like, who, what genie did this dude, like find and rub to uh to, to 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 get these projects handed to him it's just hmm. it's kind of amazing but anyway well now that velvet santa said it with kevin hart being tingle if they were to do a zelda movie I don't think kevin hart is going to be tingle dude but if they did a zelda movie and it was majora's mask and the rock was link and kevin hart was tingle because the rock could be the goron link uh, oh my god! That would be so sick. And he just shoots Tingle's balloon, and Tingle falls, and he does that oh, thing. And, and it's, it's Kevin, Kevin Hart. Hart. Yeah. Oh my god! That would be no. hilarious. No, yeah. no, 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 no. I would watch that, hundred percent. Damn. Well, I wouldn't. Um, Dude, the Rock Link would be sick. Dude. Dude. He um, wouldn't talk. He would just raise his eyebrow at people, or like. Do 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 do. Yeah, he you would know. do that. What's that called? With well, the sizzle or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, just the Rock could communicate without words, just like Link. And then just imagine him coming in and like smashing pots and like throwing cuckoos. <laughs> I mean, that would be fun. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. All right. Well, um, with that said, let's uh, let's go ahead and start talking some movies because uh, we're already half hour into this thing. Um, and uh, we already told you what's coming out in theaters this week. It's going to be Wonka. That's the new movie coming out this weekend. Um, also, there's a movie coming out, probably streaming, called Control, which is starring Kevin Spacey. I wasn't sure if he was allowed to be in movies anymore. but uh, I mean, they were giving him like... Uh uh, BAFTA awards and stuff not that long ago. So well, he's he's, he's there's an there's a movie coming out this week on streaming uh, with with him in it. But Wonka's the big movie hitting the theaters this weekend, so uh, you can check it out uh, in a theater near you. This I wonder what this that's week. like to be the co-stars on that movie that you like sign on to it and like. Who's, oh man, Kevin who, Spacey. Yeah, who's who else is in this movie? Oh, this the other one, Kevin up and comers Spacey. and stuff like that. And they're like, cool, cool, cool. And then you get to set, and they're like, oh, by the way, uh, this other part's being played by Kevin Spacey. And you're like, I signed. Nobody on to told the me wrong this. Movie. Nobody told me this. No one's gonna watch this. I'm just going to flounder in Hollywood. I hate everything. Yeah. Well. um... Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about the movies that we did see. I'm going to start with um, Onyx the Fortuitous, since that movie has already hit theaters. It was a one-time showing uh, back in late October, um, and it is uh, written, directed, and starring Andrew Bowser. Andrew Bowser, you may have seen him in many YouTubes. He got really internet famous for being this... Um, he was the Arby's guy, and he was like this goth Arby's kid. Yeah, that would, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And uh, a lot of people thought that he was real because he would edit edit these things into actual news like clips. Mm-hmm. And he was he's really good at it. But he managed to get I, I I can't remember if this was a Kickstarter movie or what, but he uh, got a lot of very talented people together and put out this film um, called Onyx the Fortuitous and the Talisman of Souls. Uh, It was an official selection at Sundance this past year. Uh, It's just now hit Amazon Prime. You can check it out, and I checked it out this week. And uh, so it follows the story. Andrew Bowser plays his character that he is in all these videos, uh, Onyx the Fortuitous, and he's this kind of uh, just 
sad kind of pathetic geek that works at a burger shack and he's a virgin and ashamed of it and and he's got all these anxieties and weird things but he worships the dark lord and you know all this kind of stuff he gets invited with five of these other mysterious people to the manor of bartok the great he enters this contest and bartok the great is this television like necromancer guy you know something on tv and, like Svengoolie or yeah something? like a Svengoolie-ish kind of guy but they're like oh no if you follow the teachers of Bartok then you know he's actually really into like Satan and stuff Bartok is played by the amazing Jeffrey Combs and he sells this movie like watching Andrew Bowser and Jeffrey Combs just like be ridiculous with each other it's pretty it's pretty good and there's a lot of practical effects in this movie. I mean the movie is not an amazing movie. Like let's not I'm not going to go see this movie. It's so awesome because the plot is pretty thin. Some of the jokes get a little bit old. Onyx's character weighs on you like it's really really funny sometimes but then it kind of the shtick isn't really like it, it it works in a 60 second like YouTube video but it definitely gets a little you know old in about a two hour um runtime it wasn't two hours it was about 90 something minutes but jeffrey combs oh my gosh i mean he's never not awesome that's true. like he's hilarious and uh this movie just has some monsters and demons and puppets and gooey ooey effects that are really fun to watch like when jeffrey Combs stabs this dagger that like pulls your soul goo out of your like body and then turns you into a ghoul uh these like ghoul puppets look so cool and they're they're practical and i want to i meant to do more research to find out who did all these practical effects because it was a lot of puppetry and a lot of really cool things and just that alone is worth watching the movie because you don't see Stuff like that happening in a lot of movies anymore. Like really imaginative and interesting creature uh, design. So um, yeah, if you're if you're into goofy comedy and a little bit of a cult, this movie you're gonna love it. Uh, if you like Andrew Bowser's comedy, you're gonna really you're gonna dig this. And if you just were like missing Jeffrey Combs, like check this movie out, man. It's it's Jeffrey Combs in a horror movie. Like, come on. It's not really horror. It's not scary at all. But um, they try to... It can to, be horror and not be scary. Yeah. I mean, they're trying to summon a demon and take over the world, you know, and a couple people die. But it's... Yeah, it's horror comedy. But uh, but I really enjoyed it. I mean, you don't see a lot of indie movies that, that, that come out and, 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 and feel as polished as this one did. Uh, it, it definitely felt like one of those movies that in a few years is going to be one of those, like, cult favorites, you know? It's just... It's so fresh and not a lot. I think not a lot of people, you know, have heard about it yet or seen it yet. But I have a feeling that this is going to be one that that kind of withstands the test of time and people revisit. So, well, yeah. Now that I know it's on Prime, I'm going to watch it this week because yeah. I really wanted to see it. But it yeah, was it's a one night only. It's fun. So. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, Onyx the Fortuitous is a is a great character. Um, and, uh, it kind of reminds me of like tenacious D style humor, mm. you know, and the like lead the TV show. Yeah. Like the TV show. So, um, all right. Well, that is uh, out there for you to watch on Amazon prime. You can check it out. And the other movie that we saw is the one that I guess you're probably all, um, curious about, which is the boy and the heron. Mm. Um, this movie, you know, uh, was shrouded in mystery there for a while because it didn't have any trailers coming out until it actually hit theaters. Uh, it's the new Ghibli film uh, from director Hayao Miyazaki. How many ever movies ago when he said he was retiring? Like this man cannot stop making movies. Like he can't do it. Um, but this one is about a, a young boy named Mahito, kind of post World War II. Uh, his mother has died in the fire bombings of Tokyo. And uh, he kind of finds this weird world that's like exists between death and rebirth and um, in family and bloodlines and spirit and blah, 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 blah. And um, yeah, Jake, I'll let you I'll let you uh, pontificate while I catch my breath. Okay. Yeah. So like every other Miyazaki movie that uh, comes to mind, uh, this movie is about childhood trauma and grief and having to grow up. Um, And all of the movies are 
so sad uh and but um so uh light uh, about it at the same time because ghibli movies can just capture i don't know magic they it presents life through oftentimes children's eyes and what it's like to make it through life uh and the japanese version of this shares its title and kind of the overarching theme with a book uh called how do you live that's what mm-hmm. it's called in japanese kimitachi wa do ikuruka um and the whole thing of that book which this the book makes an appearance in this movie yep it's only called the boy and the heron everywhere but japan uh but that book was about um a kid having to deal with life and growing up um life with his uncle and things like that because i think his dad died in the book in the book yeah um in this movie the mom dies but it's all about how he's going to choose to grow up and and live his life from that point and so of course the, the story ends with the line how do you live you as the audience uh kimitachi how do all of you like how do you guys live uh which is kind of the overarching theme of this but this is an all original uh story for this movie um and it's fantastic it's, it's great yeah it's really good it's very it's 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 very miyazaki yeah it's super miyazaki it's slow paced there's not um like it's not going to entice you in with it's like insane action though this has a lot more um yeah there was a lot more movement than you know a lot of Um, a lot of militant birds yeah a little bit more conflict than most miyazaki uh but it was um fun at the same time it was terrifying uh but uh it, it was about this kid and his uh journey through losing his mom and and being angry at everything and not knowing how to deal with the fact that his dad has seemed to move on but he hasn't yet um because he couldn't save his mom from the the fire that she died in uh and he has to learn to come to terms with things and let go of things and grow up and uh accept what his life is and that's told through um his move from like a traditional life uh, in a traditional home in tokyo during the war to the outskirts uh where his dad is is busy and he doesn't have him available but there's this very western style yeah the western and library yeah it's very very strange it's it's like a progress of him and Japan at the same time because the 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 war ends, but everyone's having to let go. There's a lot. There's layers. There's so many different things uh, in this movie. The and the heron, you know, is a very complex character. Uh, Mahito ends up being he's a frenemy. You know, yeah, and, he ends up uh, learning many different things and maturing in many different ways throughout this. Um, and it's it's. Ghibli magic, man. And it has the Wara Wara. And the Wara Wara yeah. are almost as good as it's the a Kodama. Uh, as the uh yeah, the Kodama th- uh dudes. Not not quite, but almost I mean, yeah, the Kodama guys they're my favorite. Well, and that was one of the things that that to me uh, it was I someone was asking me as soon as I walked out of the theater and I was like, Yeah, you know, it's it's very Miyazaki, kind of derivative of previous Miyazakis, but not in a bad way. You know, it's like there's a lot of parallels in terms of character design and, you know, these tools that Miyazaki uses to transport us to different places to teach us these things. I mean, you know, there's there's a sprinkling of, of Spirited Away in this. There's a sprinkling of, um, you know, Mononoke in this. There's a, there's a touch of Howl's Moving Castle. There's a, you know, a little bit of Castle in the Sky. There's there's a, even a little bit of Porco Rosso in here with the transformative characters that, that we know that take on different different uh, appearances. And, you know, and then there's a, it's like it's almost like a greatest hits album. You're like taking all these things that you love and he makes something completely new with it, yeah. which, uh, which I thought was really cool. Well, it's, it's like uh fantasy, but also sci-fi because you have this like time warp where everyone exists at one time, but different times. Uh, and that comes in, uh, but it has all the Ghibli essentials. It has the great looking food. Uh, like we were talking about, it has the uh, flight, 
the yeah water the, the knacker yeah. poster paint uh, backgrounds mm-hmm. uh, that are always so incredible in the Ghibli films and stuff like that. Um, every part of it was the warm blanket, like this yeah. is comfort, uh, but also makes you so uncomfortable at the same time. That makes Ghibli movies. Dude, when they were cutting uh, that fish, I was like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But everything's is so. And all the noise animated and perfect. The and, nose sounds from the parakeets. Like, oh yeah, Ugh. they just breathing. Yeah, all of that. It was that so was good. So weird. Um, Dina comes in and she asks uh, if we've talked about Robert Pattinson killing it at the voice acting. I watched this in Japanese. So I, did I. I'm I am not, not going to watch a movie for the first time in English. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go back and I will watch this a second time and I will watch it in the English dub. Um, you know the the show times for the uh, Japanese language were just more available which was yeah. a great thing to see yeah i was very happy that there was more uh subbed than dubbed showings yep so haven't seen it in english yet but i will um because yeah like we've talked about last week and the week before when we were talking about miyazaki stuff you know uh ghibli usually gets everybody loves miyazaki and everybody is honored to be in a miyazaki film and you generally get a really great English voice cast for for their English releases. So, um, all, I mean, considering, yeah, other, yeah, yeah. other I mean, dubs. Spirited Away is okay in English. I've had to see that one in English. Uh, I don't like Mononoke in English at all. I I see. I don't mind it in I English. I cannot watch Totoro in English. No, I don't like Totoro in English. And, when and I also don't like Kiki's Delivery Service in English. See, there's so many of them I've never even tried to watch the English, but I've Porco, seen clips of the English. Porco Rosso is in the middle for me because that one they had... Um, oh, geez. I can't... Uh, why am I drawing a blank on his name? Batman. Come on. Um, Christian Bale? No, original Batman. Oh, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton was Porco Rosso. Christian Bale was Howl. Yeah, Christian Bale was Howl. And, uh, I've never seen... I don't think Pompoco existed. No, it might exist in English. I'm sure I don't it does. know if Pompoco exists in English. I think it does. I it's think all I have about the DVD. Tanuki and their nut sacks. I think I have I have the DVD and they have an English. Oh, really? Yeah. That's weird. It was when Buena Vista, you know, Disney, like... Put out the Miyazaki collection, and then they went through, and the ones that didn't have English, they like Castle in the Sky, and they got Mark Hamill to be the bad guy in Castle in the Sky. Well, Mark Hamill's and, in this movie, and and Dina thinks that um, uh, Robert Pattinson's voice acting this is good enough to be up there with Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill's a, a, a legend in the in the game, but I mean, this movie was great. Like, see it in the theater, support the show, Hollywood. It's crazy. This weekend, Hollywood is kind of waking up. They're they're looking around and trying to understand what's happening. Why are these two movies that didn't even get made by them that aren't even in English are somehow dominating the box office this weekend and they're all like conf- like they're it does not compute to them. And if we keep doing this, then we win. Like that's we get movies that we want to see. We get we get cool things. It's not just a fluke if we continue to put on our fucking pants and go to the theater and pay ticket prices to see interesting and creative and inventive films. You might accidentally end up with some variety in your life. Yeah, imagine that. You know, and nothing nothing just absolutely steams my bottom than when I hear people go, but what if it's not good and I had to pay for it? Then that's you, a chance of anything. That's life. Like, take a chance on life. I told somebody the other day at the bar that was like, I don't know, I think I just want to get a Tito's and soda. And I'm like, we have a, a lovely holiday menu of, of craft cocktails that are meant to be transformative and, and fun and holiday magic in a cup. But I just don't know, what if I don't like it? Fucking live a second in your life. Try. And I told him, I was like, be adventurous. Try something new. And then they, they they finally did. They took a sip. And I was like, how was that? And they go, it's pretty good. And I go, that's living. I was telling someone the other day how we do that kind of thing. You and I, like culinary and movie-wise and all these kinds of things. Because we're like, what's that? I've never tried it. Let's how? do it. Yeah. Yeah. Looks weird. Let's try it. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and sometimes that's a lot of Everybody's fun. like, what if I don't like it? Well, what if you do? If mm-hmm. you spent your whole entire life worried about negative experiences you'd have no experiences you know and and everyone's like well i don't have any money bullshit everybody's got 10 bucks laying around for something that they want i promise you everyone does like it maybe it's one less pack of cigarettes maybe it's one less six pack of beer maybe it's one less fucking cheeseburger like you've got 10 bucks that's what i do to justify things when i spend money on something i'm like well 
I'm just going to eat ramen or a can of beans or whatever to save money that I would normally spend on something to, yeah. to eat instead. Or I'll just drink water instead of a soda to save like, you know, or I'll go to Starbucks, budget it differently. Yeah. Like that's two. That's not even a whole Starbucks is like a movie ticket A, a latte from Starbucks is more expensive than a movie ticket. Dude, Mickey D's is more expensive. Yeah, and and people are like, oh, don't wake me up till I have my coffee. Can't sacrifice that. And and yet you're like giving you're you're not taking a chance on on interesting experiences. So uh, and as Dina said into it, she likes spending money on experiences. Me too. Absolutely. And and here's a trick. Here's here's a fun tip for those of you out there that are so worried about bad experiences or. What if the movie's not good? What if that restaurant sucks? What if the service is bad? Some of those are my favorite stories to look back on. Well, and I always look at it as like, but then you know. And, and you know. You know for a fact. And then a lot of times you're like, oh, dude, you got to hear this. We went to this place and it was, you never like go, oh, dude, you got to hear this. We went and had a pretty all right steak. Yeah. Like you never hear that story. You always hear the fantastic tale of the terrible time. That in itself is a good experience because you can share that memory. So sometimes well, those bad experiences can be good. Also Live a little too. If you if if you do it like this, if everyone's like, "Well, have you tried it?" and you're like, "No," and like, "Well, how do you know?" You know what? If you do try it, you have that ammo, and then you can be like, "Well, I don't like it," and they go, well, "How do you know?" And you're like, "Because I did it." Yeah. And I didn't like it. And like every time someone asks yeah. me why I don't like traveling, because I've done it, and I don't like places. It's true. He doesn't like places. But yeah, you can't ever. And and if you want to. Everybody loves to complain these days. You can't complain if you hadn't tried it. So there you go. So yeah. Gotta. You gotta go out there. Gotta take a chance. Gotta live a little. Boy in the Heron. Good experience though. Boy in the Heron is a good experience. And it's in theaters right now. Uh, Check it out this week before Wonka comes in and just wonks all over your screens and makes it to where movies like Godzilla Minus One and Boy in the Heron are fighting for screens at your local Cineplex because of the deals made with theaters for movies like Hunger Games and Wonka and Trolls Band Together to where they have to be contractually obligated on a whole bunch of screens. Whereas movies like Born the Heron and Godzilla Minus One get to be on screens. So, um, yeah, there's that. Hmm. You want to do our box office? Speaking yeah. of all this stuff. Wrap it up. Well, yeah. Let is uh, Dina says Godzilla is only on for this week. So yeah, got its extended third week. Yeah. Uh, so you have tomorrow and Thursday uh, to get that on in before get in there. Friday new releases wipe it out. Get in there. So, all right, we're going to uh, move into our box office roundup for the week. Uh, it's going to be the top 10 movies in America. We're going to give them to you in uh, reverse order. And we like to give domestic totals mainly. We will we will tap into some of the world world totals. Oh, Velvet Santa asking about the box of fun. Yeah, well, we, 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 I've got it. It's right here. It's right here. Do it after. Um, well, he, he came in late, so I didn't want to, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we'll do it after the box office. We'll we'll save that little parting gift for for after the box office. Uh, but number ten movie in America, Jake. Yeah, I actually I want to talk about the the top twelve here real quick, just because uh, the Marvels has sunk out of the top ten completely, uh, continuing to sink. It's under eighty three million dollars. Disney said they weren't going to report it, but there is no chance of that movie making back uh, the $350 million they spent on that thing. So that's fun to see. And then Silent Night also out of the top ten and only its second week out despite being a Christmas-themed movie. Uh, it's brought in less than $6 million total. Um, but it is in under 2,000 theaters. But that's neither here nor there. Now, the top ten uh, coming in at number ten, The Shift, uh, your christian-ish movie <laughs> option right now two million dollars brought in by it in its second week out from angel studios 8.4 so far at the box office uh, if you want to go see neil mcdonough do what he does act like a butthole man. Uh, and then number nine animal two point f- just under two and a half million dollars brought in by that one uh, it in its second week out has brought in 11.7 that is the Hindi film uh, that's out right now. I really still want to see that one. Uh, I need to find the time to do that. But I'm sure if you miss it, it'll be out on Netflix or Amazon uh, pretty quick after. The Hindi movies hit those pretty quick because they already use them as distribution methods. Um, 
Definitely looks like a lot of fun, though. Uh, opening at the number eight spot, Waitress the Musical. Two and a half million dollars brought in by that one. It's only in 1,200 theaters. Yeah, I mean, it did pretty well for a uh, pretty limited release. Yeah, not bad. It averaged at around 2,000 bucks a, a theater, so... Okay. Uh, and then coming in at number seven, dropping down another spot. Napoleon, $4.1 million this past week. 53 total in the U.S. Uh, and it's, what, three, four weeks out, three weeks out? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, across the world, has brought in 170 So still not near their budget or what they wanted to see from it. Uh, but, but a again, pretty good international take. Yeah, yeah. I feel like uh, that one being an Apple TV thing, they're just happy to have their Oscar chances, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, and they, I think they feel good about that because Napoleon still has good positive buzz around it and everything. There haven't really been a lot of um, negative reports on it despite it not making its money. Everyone still has nothing but good things on it for the most part. So yep. I think Apple's probably still okay with that one. Columbia, maybe not, but Apple uh, is happy to be in those Oscar runnings. Uh, and then at number six, Disney's Wish. $5.3 million brought in by that one. Uh, just under $50 million for its total take at the U.S. box office. Um, that one will probably get pushed out with these more PG releases. I think Wonka uh, will help oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. just knock that one out. Uh, and then coming in at the number five spot, dropping from the top spot, Renaissance, a film by Beyonce, $5.4 million brought in by that one, $28 million total uh, in its two weeks uh, with a worldwide gross of 36 Nowhere I mean, near the taste way. Yeah, that's got to... It's almost got to feel a little embarrassing, like coming out like just weeks on the on the heels of Eros and well, just being like a fraction of it. The the thing about that though is that the Taylor Swift one was just a concert film. There's no cinematic mm-hmm. anything to it, right? It yeah. was just a concert. So here it is, film. Here's a concert. Uh, this one supposedly has like a little some bit of like stuff. documentary yeah. clips and some some like more movie-esque things happening and i guess that just goes to show you people don't people don't give a shit (laughs) yeah uh and then uh fours across the board here at the four spot holding the four spot in its fourth week out trolls band together brought in six million dollars bringing its domestic total just under 83 million uh so not bad for a trolls movie that i don't think uh had the most advertisement in the world nah uh maybe was advertised a bunch on nickelodeon or something like that but uh unless you got to cable still like weirdo uh who's to say uh and then holding tight at the number three spot in its second week out godzilla minus one 8.6 million brought in by that one so 25.6 is its take in the u.s like we were talking about earlier, that's the highest grossing live action Japanese movie to ever hit North America. Uh, it's brought in around 53 million total across the world. So uh, if the report, if the reported budget of 15 million is accurate with like U.S. distribution prices and stuff factored into it, they're still killing it. They've mm-hmm. they've tripled more than tripled um, what they had into it. So good for them. Good for the director, writer, special effects lead on that. Um, And then coming in at number two, uh, keeping that number two spot as well, Hunger Games, Ballad of Songbird and Snakes. Uh, 9.3 million brought in by it, 135 and a half in its month out so far. Uh, A movie that no one thought was going to make anything actually not doing as bad as uh, anyone would have predicted. Uh, I don't know what the budget is on it. I'm sure 135 is far less than what they were hoping for yeah but however considering that they all hope for billion dollar movies yeah the the lead up to this was that no one thought anyone would watch it especially with rachel zegler um being a a dumbass uh with her big mouth and no one being happy about it Mm -hmm. i think that they're just happy that it didn't tank entirely um which i think they've they've already started talking um, more stuff for some of these actors and things like that based on uh, this movie not doing too bad. I know that the uh, Young Snow actor already has several projects lined up and stuff like that. So, uh, And then coming in at the number one spot, which is amazing to see, The Boy and the Heron, 
just under $13 million brought in by it. Um, what did I say earlier? 5.4 of that was the opening night. That's um, cool. Biggest Ghibli opening. Only Ghibli number one. Um, it's brought in almost $100 million across the world. It's just, it's really killer to see a... Um, a good movie. A, a Ghibli Miyazaki a movie. A good movie being number one. See success. Even if it's only $13 million bucks. But it, cool. it beat the shit out of everything else, which is a really cool thing to see. Yeah, very, very cool. Uh, well, yeah, that's the top 10 movies in America. And before we wrap up the show, uh, one of our viewers, Velvet Santa, on there was running us, what about the goodie box? And he had, had dropped off a, uh, he'd sent us a box of, of goodies. Two of them were wrapped, which we opened last week. And I'm just going to reach in blindly and, and grab, and then I'm going to just hand something over um, to Jake uh, under the table. So there's this one. Don't look at it. And then uh, let's... I'm gonna reach in and get this, okay? And then we'll, we'll on on three, we'll hold them up. Ready? One, two, three. What do you got? I got a blockbuster. I got a VHS cassette copy of RoboCop, which seems very on par for Velvet Santa. What is what is your blockbuster cassette? It says that it's Anchorman, but is it Anchorman? And it is a blockbuster VHS cassette copy. Check this out of Anchorman. Let's go on that upper upper cam there. Please remember to rewind. Give it a second. It'll do it. There we go. Be kind. Rewind. I got a new new release sticker on mine. Mine has the release warning: subject to late charge. Wow. You know, don't don't. How old is that? That RoboCop is new release, and it has the rated R sticker on there. Oh man, the rated R, the future of law enforcement. Well, I'm sure you bought this for a dollar, so. Yeah, this is from. I'd buy that for a. This is from Otter Creek Video. It says, uh, "Very weird." All right, well, cool. Thank you. We'll we'll dig into the box again next week, and uh, see see what other goodies that Velvet Santa left for us for the holidays. Yeah, maybe more R-rated movies. We just got some, mm, some VHS. I need, yeah. need to get a VCR up here and just play them in the background and get in trouble. Um, because it's like some bot will be like, "Uh, oh, pretty sure I caught a uh a copyrighted clip of you know RoboCop in the back corner of your CRT television and a cassette tape," and they find me like a thousand million dollars. But anyway, all right. Well, don't forget to like and subscribe or download this podcast wherever it is you download your podcast, or you can tune in next week for the live version of this wherever it is you like to do live. Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. We prefer Twitch. It's a lot of fun for us. Um, and yeah, thanks for tuning in. I, of course, am your uh, host, Bo, the Boom Operator. And I'm the Grip. And we will see you guys next week. As you leave the theater, folks, please be careful. Don't let this happen to your car. Be sure to remove the speaker before you leave. If you should accidentally pull a speaker loose, please turn it in at our snack bar or box office. Thank you.